If you're a big fan of podcasts or want to show some support to the Different Stripes podcast, go sign up for Stitcher Premium today at stitcher.com premium for only $4.99 a month. Stitcher Premium gives you access to ad-free episodes, comedy albums, and exclusive shows from Stitcher. Now, if you just want to check it out and don't know if Stitcher is for you, we've got you. You can use our promo code WARRIORS at checkout and get a month free on us. So go check it out. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Different Stripes podcast. We are here with Kevin. Um, unfortunately, Ben is not here today, but he'll be back soon. But right now, we, we got Kevin. So how you doing, Kev? Yo, what's good, Mike? It is great to be back. Uh, shout outs to Bennett, man. Hopefully everything is good on your end, bro. We miss you. But uh, we'll catch you in the next one for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good, Mike. How you been? How you living? I mean, I mean, we're hanging in there, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic, but we're hanging in there. So uh, yes. I can't complain. That's true. Uh, How was Thanksgiving? It was, it was different, but it was really nice. Good. We just had like a nice little family gathering and um, we, we played a little Among Us with the fam. So it's kind of dope. That's a you? good situation. Uh, just at the Krivi, staying with the roommates. I'm going to be seeing my family actually on the 1st of December. And uh, this is going to be like a whole operation because they're moving and stuff. But that's that's a whole another story for a whole another day. So, you know, <laughs> just chill Thanksgiving. All right, let's get into it. So last time on the pod, Ben and I were just sort of sharing some stories about our time going to Korea and what it was like for us. And we were just reminiscing. We were like, thinking to ourselves like what was it like for kevin like what was his experience in korea like has he been like does he have any stories to share with us so we just made sure like when we got you on the pod next time we wanted to ask these questions so can you just share with us when's the last time you've been to korea bro yeah man uh it's kind of crazy like a super super duper trip down memory lane because i haven't been to korea for like 15 years let's say i mean i always just tell people off the cuff that i went when i was in like fifth grade and <clears throat> what that was 2000 and jesus 2003 maybe so it's it's been a long time man it's been a serious long time i don't know if you guys have gone more frequently than i have or gone before i have but yeah it seems like ancient history to me it's crazy but um you le- you went to Korea the same year the last time that uh, Albert was there. Oh, wow. Yeah, Albert was telling me, he's like, yo, 2003 is the last time I've been there as well. That's wild. Um, so I think Bennett's been in the past couple of years. Uh, he went right after college. So mm-hmm. it's probably about like 2016 for him. I was there in okay. 2017. Nice. Um, How was that? I, I w- it, was, it was good. I was there during the U20s. Oh, so that, was pretty dope. that is dope. So, so we'll get into that later for sure, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like just tell me like what was it like traveling to korea as a child like what was it like being a fifth grader and going to the motherland yeah dude i mean it's weird because i feel like i would have appreciated like 10 million times more now because i have way more context but when i was in fifth grade it was just like a sort of long time coming trip for us as a family to go to korea because my mom's side of the family has lived in miami nearly since I've been able to gain a conscious, right? Like that's just been home, home. Um, But going to Korea in fifth grade, I was like, okay, this is a time to actually see my father's side of the family. This is a time to, on top of seeing my father's side, seeing where they reside, seeing what Korea is like, because there were some people in Seoul, sure. But my dad is a Kapyong lad. So he's like, yeah, he's like a super duper countryside kind of guy. Yeah, even though he's like... uh, metropolitan in his tastes but i digress um yeah and i have an aunt in Tegu, and that okay. was actually what made me be like oh Tegu fc i see you and when Igun ho was there that's what made me think about Tegu a little, little more which is funny um but yeah man it was all just like a typical trip that someone who doesn't know anything about the land but has like blood connections there like it was that type of trip for me. I didn't really appreciate so much so returning to the motherland, but it was a whole different dimension of life, being able to see what a whole other side of my family was like, you know, living halfway across the world. Yeah, no, I feel like I, I remember those t- like similar feelings when I first got there. Um, so I was there in 2011 
And mm-hmm. I remember like the feeling for me, like when I was like landing on the plane was like, this is like a totally different world. Mm-hmm. This is going to be like a totally different way of life. I'm going to see people living just so differently and like they're going to be my family. Hmm. Um, you mentioned a couple places. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about Kapyong. Like what was that like? Like where is that? Oh, for, man. The, for the listeners out there, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So my dad always jokes with me that Kapyong is like the most northern uh, area, region, countryside, place, what have you. Um, you can go before you hit like North Korea. So yeah, I guess that's good context, right? Um, It's a very Northern city, very, very rural. Um, I believe industrialization is starting to be more of a staple there, but don't quote me on that. I know fuck all about this region, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, there's tons of mountains. And when I was there, it was a type of place where like, you know, you just like take a step out of your home. And if you want to go to like the corner store, you go there. If you want to go see the mountains, you can figure it out within a couple of hours and make a trip out of it. Um, it was it was really fun in retrospect because I remember living in Miami. Everything is just tied to having cars and transportation and whatnot. Right. But I think being able to be in a more rural place, uh, in a place where my family my extended family living there knows front and back and my dad going to go visit. Um, it was just like a really fascinating, just combination of here I am in this foreign land. Um, but I am familiar with the practices. I'm familiar with like the sensibilities because I grew up in a Korean household and the Korean culture was like practiced there pretty well. And then just like, seeing what it's like being in the countryside versus like the suburbs you know mm. so yeah i don't so know you if guys did a question. lot of hiking oh yeah man like so i was in kapyong i think for just a couple of days but at least 50 percent of our afternoons while we were at kapyong we definitely hiked oh that's super awesome yeah man i think i've only i think it, it might be close by but like um chuncheon is like one of the cities like around the the mountainside area so it might have been close Word. by i did a bit of hiking there but like yeah just imagine like you know a couple days in a row you're just like on the afternoons just just heading out and doing some hiking bro yeah exactly like awesome exactly and like i don't know I, it's it was i think just hearing more about my father's like life as well because when he was there he would tell me a lot more about his history and he would tell me about what he went through and then like seeing the energy with like his brother for instance who's been living in Kapio nearly all his life and my dad is the youngest of four and the brother who's been living there is the oldest so I don't know it's just like all it's just like a whole ass dichotomy or just an I don't know. Yeah, it was just a familiar yet incredibly new experience seeing family from across the world. All right. So you also got to visit Daegu. What did you think of like the difference between Daegu and Kapyong? <laughs> Daegu uh, was definitely. All right. So revisiting after what 17 odd years just now <laughs> i want to say that Daegu was more suburban and um Kapyong was more rural like Kapyong, i'd go uh hiking or i'd walk along um alongside i think it was a river that Ooh. would cut across yeah Kapyong. but Daegu was the type of place where yeah like folks had cars that's where I saw like a lot of the. Um, I think I ate street food for the first time in Daegu. Um, yeah, I was a big anime head back then, so or manga head. So I would go to like the Daegu bookstores and like oh. read like Yu-Gi-Oh, like the tenth yeah. series that is yet to be produced in the states at that time. You know, so I think being in Daegu, I got to live my life the way I did as a suburban boy. But definitely, definitely, definitely the biggest takeaway from being in Tegu was just like living with my aunt. I spent majority of my time in Tegu uh, with my aunt and her husband and her kid. And like, it was, it was, it was romantic for maybe like a day, 
or two and then afterwards you know the kids are doing their own things like on the computers just like i'm bored i want to go see soul or i'm bored i want to do something else you know like the romance faded pretty quickly but in retrospect it was a really really good time that's super awesome yeah i think it's so interesting though like one thing that you brought up was that it was like kind of interesting that is different from me and my family is um you mentioned that like you're your dad's siblings still live in Korea, right? That's right. So that's so interesting. Like my mom, her siblings, like we're all around the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. So like I could see their dynamic growing up, but mm-hmm. I never got to see like what it was like their dynamic when they were in Korea because I've never traveled to Korea with all of them. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Like, huh. Well, did you ever get a chance to uh, travel with uh, your Chicago family to Korea? So, so far... Um, the family members that I've seen when I've been in Korea are like my mom, like my grandparents' family. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, my mom's cousins or aunts and uncles. Got I've it. seen them. And then like my mom and dad have come over to visit me like while I've been there. But like I've never gotten to like go with my uncle there or go with my aunt there, or, like take my own first cousins that are like sure. in the Chicago area there. So it's like a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But that's so cool. Like seeing like your dad's sibling still like, you know, living that life out in Kapyong and like seeing like them, you know, talk about what they've been through, like what it was like when they were growing up and all that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know, I think uh, the older that I am getting, the more I'm realizing like the strong uh, distinction between my dad's way of thinking versus my family's way of thinking, because I feel like my family back in Korea, well, no, I can't say this, right? Because it's been 17 years now. But what I will say about my dad and his own way of thinking, I feel like he had that sort of adventurous spirit that made him willing to not forsake per se, but leave everything in Korea and try to create a fresh life in the States. So it's beautiful, right? Because like there's that clear way of thinking that my dad has always followed, which has brought him to live and make a living in this country. But when he returns back to Korea, like he's almost a goddamn celebrity, man. Like family's going crazy. They're like, oh, Sanki, welcome back. You know, and he's got like friends across the country. Just like whenever he goes to a city, like there are friends that want to see him. It's been 20 odd years. My dad is garbage with communicating, yet there's still no love lost. And that that was that was something really cool. And that's something that stuck with me to the point where that point in itself seemed larger than life and larger than the trip upon retrospect, you know? So just like, you can still remember like, just like how much of a community your dad had when he came back to Korea. Oh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, you're like a celebrity because like, yo, for example, like we went to Busan and my dad went to go see a friend of his. I think my dad told me he hadn't seen him in like 10 to 15 years or whatever. But this friend of my dad's in Busan had like, you know, like um, an offshore property and uh, his kids were like riding this uh, inflatable tube thingy, like going fast across the lake. And I was able to play with the kids, even though I spoke broken ass Korean. And my dad was just kicking it with his friend on the meantime. And this was like the first day I ever met this Busan family, you know? And I don't know, just just how liquid and just how fun everything seemed to be. It's not it's not something that casual friends do with each other and their families, you know, ten years after ten years not seeing each other, you know. Mm. So Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's super dope. Like I think like wow, that's so cool. Just like being able to like see your your dad just like meet up with like, you know, high school college like like just friends you know what i mean just like just kick it right yeah just because like you don't always like like that that's the thing that like i think we don't notice about our parents is like we forget like our parents have like had have had their own social lives yeah they've like they've had like their own homies that they're like they could just kick it with and then when you see them doing that you're just like whoa my dad's (laughs) cool my mom's really cool right yeah yeah it's like a crazy thing right yeah well yeah i mean (laughs) i always when I grew up, I was like 
damn, my dad is super cool. I want to be as cool as him when I grow up. But I didn't know to the extent as to just how saucy he was until I came to Korea, you know? Like, it was like that. Okay. Yeah. No, wait, so another question I kind of had was, when you were that age, like, how was your Korean? Like, were you nervous about going there? Like, were you Hell like, oh, yeah, like, I was I'm rubbish. Gonna, like, I'm not going to be able to talk to any of these people. Yeah, dude, I was so goddamn nervous, man. Like, it's... <laughs> My Korean is has been at this perpetual level of I understand more than I can speak or read, but the understanding is all in just like cadence or like general sentiment. Like you can give me a sentence and I probably won't know one or two words in the sentence, but I have enough cognitive ability where I can like fill in what you're trying to say, you know, mm -hmm. and that's been the that's been the case since um, I was born, really. And when that translate, what what did that translate over, or how did that translate over in Korea? It was like, oh, he's still young. He's American after all, so we have to give him that grace period and whatnot. I don't think I'd get that grace period now, mind, if I went to Korea at twenty eight years old, speaking like a fucking babbling three year old. Like that would not fly. But back then there was definitely way more grace and there was enough for me to like understand and there was enough like Korean English in my head for me to communicate with them. But it definitely was not pretty. And it's definitely not something I like to like look back fondly on. I certainly want to become a better Korean speaker, you know. So would you say like one of your goals for the next time you go back to Korea is like I wanna make sure when I go back next time like my, my Korean level is on a higher level? Oh, hell yeah, bro. That is, oh my days, man. Actually, one thing that I regret about this uh, pandemic is that I didn't continue with my Duolingo Korean exercises. And maybe I should get back on that. But yeah, dude, it's a, it's a little embarrassing when I think about it in retrospect about how, or I just like cringe when I think about going back to Korea with the state of my Korean being how it is. Because it's just like, it's not good, man. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have a conversation and I'm going to see, like, the betrayal and disappointment in their eyes. And that's going to be enough for me. Like, all right, let me just not be here. <laughs> so something no, I got to work have, on. You don't feel like that. And honestly, like... Um, Is that the same no, for you with the language? Uh, I feel like I'm, like... I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I can do okay. Like, and I feel like just... Even just, like, for you and for me, I feel like the expectations are different. Hmm. And I think that that like that separates along ethnic lines, right? Sure. You look more Korean than I do. Yes. So they're gonna hold you to a little bit higher, more of higher of a standard than they're gonna hold me to. Hmm. So like, oh, his dad's white. Like, you know, he might not have to know Korean. Like, so like they point. might give you a little bit more, like me, a little bit more grace than they give you. But they're like, yeah. oh, this guy's Korean. Like, he probably should know Korean. So it's, it's a little bit, might be yes. a little bit different expectations. But yes, that's valid. I feel like. I remember, like, I had gotten there, I was, uh, s like, finishing up my sophomore year of college, mm -hmm. and I had spent the freshman year, like, you know, doing the language class, like, both semesters. So I got cool. there with enough of a knowledge where I was like, okay, you know, when you're talking to people, like, you're going to be able to have a conversation with them, and they're going to be able to be like, oh, wow, he knows how to speak Korean. So That's awesome. I remember, like, my first feelings when I got there was, like, you're ready for this. And um, it was, like... It was a study abroad. Mm -hmm. So we all lived in like a nice little international dorm for all the study abroad students. So we had students coming in from like the University of California system, schools like that around the States. And I remember quite a few of them, just their Korean skills were not there yet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were looking at me for help. They were like, what does this mean? Or like, what should I order? Or I want to buy that. But like, what do I need to say to the salesperson? Like to let them know, like, I need that one. Yeah. And this size <laughs> for that price, all these things. So I was like, I was at the night market, like haggling on, you know, the first couple of days. I was like, well, okay, you're fine with this. Um, <laughs> but like, I vibe with that sentiment of like you, like wishing you had like, you know, done a little bit more Korean skills because honestly, like my, my vocabulary is like kind of suffering. Mm -hmm. And then, like, even my cousin that's, like, trying to learn, like, he's using, like, Duolingo. He's using something called Drops. He's trying to, like, you know, learn his new phrases and vocabulary. So Got just it. get back on it, bro. Yeah. Honestly, you're not wrong, bro. Maybe I should just uh, pick it up tonight and then just, like, 
carve out 20 minutes a day or something like that in my schedule. But it's got to happen. I definitely need to uh, learn Korean proper, proper. So it's a matter of when, not if. I like that. <laughs> I think that that's, that's a, always a good av- attitude. Yeah. Like forget about the ifs. Talk, continue like with the whens, right? Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. All right. I got a question for you. Like Go this on, trip, did it make you feel more or less Korean? Or did you like feel a pride in your Koreanness when you were there? Pride in my ethnicity didn't come until like middle school. So I don't think that there were any immediate uh, long-term repercussions, if you will, when it comes to my attitude towards Korea after visiting it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, thinking about the trip now, I just feel like a sense of longing because I definitely... I definitely revisit Korea in my head as the type of place where it's inevitable for me to go. It's inevitable for me to grow. It's inevitable for me to learn more about the place, learn more about my father's side of the family. So yeah, does that answer your question? It's not something that I thought about in fifth grade, but the trip is definitely something that had more and more weight and more and more takeaways as I got older and stayed longer in this country. I mean, I, I I loved hearing that. I think that, like, you know, it's just, yeah, that gives me the feels, man. <laughs> I think that, like, you know, I, I'm 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 excited for you to get to go back and you know maybe see some footy as well. Oh hell yeah, bro! Are you kidding me? Next time I'm in Korea, and I'm fluent in it, the first thing I'm doing is getting involved with any sort of Korean football community. I don't care if I'm playing. I don't care if I'm reporting. I don't care if I'm just doing punditry. I don't care if I'm just kicking back at a bar, just like knocking down soju bottles, talking about how Jung Woo Young is so shit and shouldn't be on our national team. You know, like I'm ready, I love bro. It, bro. <laughs> I'm ready. I love that energy. Right? Um, yo, uh, I said that like I was gonna kind of regale you with some stories about footy, but uh, yeah. before we get there, like there was one story that like, I kind of wanted to bring up because this is like kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to see like how you vibe with this story and like what you think about this. Okay. So um, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, oh, like you know, we should go to Korea. Uh, we should we should give it a shot, and like my mom always was sort of like, you know, like let's do it like when you're a little bit older. And, yes. you know, so she like always sort of said something like, like, maybe like, you know, we'll go like when you're like when you graduate high school or like after you graduate college. So, um, yeah, for each of my siblings, like something like that sort of happened. Um, my sister went a couple years back mm-hmm. um, with my mom and uh, they were able to see our family there. My brother went, you know, when he graduated college. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was out there with my mom as well. And um, even with like Haraguji Harmony, they were out there yeah, as well word. with us. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went out there in college and you know my mom you know came up and saw me for a bit mm-hmm. and i was obviously like working there for a couple of years so my mom made the trip out to see me oh so you so i the, didn't know you were working there for a couple of years so yeah like right after college i was like okay i had a couple friends in the korean language class like take the english teaching job and i was like maybe it. i'll give this a shot like see what it's like to live there god and it. so um yeah so like when i was there my mom visited with my dad and we you know we traveled the country a bit together mm-hmm. but this is like something like i want to see like how you vibe with this um, mm-hmm. when i was a kid i was like i kind of want to go and it's like kind of interesting um, my dad had a work opportunity to maybe like relocate us as a family to to korea sure and um my brother and my sister like they weren't really feeling it like they they didn't really want to go they didn't want to move but my dad i asked my dad he's like you didn't really like protest so you were just like okay like if we're gonna move like that's fine and so I think, like, I was, like, sort of, like, man, like, maybe I did, like, kind of want to go as a kid. So, like, when you heard about this trip, like, what, how were you feeling? Oh, excitement. I was buzzing, bro. Like, uh, the when you said that line about your mom saying, oh, we'll go to Korea when you get older, that, that like, hit a flurry of just, like, flashbacks, you know, because I'd constantly be asking questions about Korea and they're like, oh, we'll go when you're older. The irony now is that I'm older and I haven't gone fucking once after fifth grade, right? But I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Oh, wait, sorry, what was your question? So, like, how did you feel when you heard about this trip? You were just, like, super excited? Yeah, I was excited. I was definitely excited. Um, 
I was excited and I I was excited even though I did not really know the scope of what this trip would mean as a Korean American. I think I was just like really looking forward to seeing my dad's side of the family. I was just really looking forward to hear about this fabled land, Korea, where my mom and dad came from before coming in the States, you know. Mm. So it was just a trip of learning as much as possible. And there wasn't really any familial weight behind it as a fifth grader. Oh, but that's super cool. So it's like, it was like, for you, it was like, this is going to be like the most exciting vacation we ever take. Yeah. And like my family is not one to take vacations on the regular anyway. So that excitement on top of the fact that it's a return to the motherland was just like super exciting for a fifth grader who could process as much about the real world as he could possibly process. Wait, I have another question. Uh-huh. Um, you have siblings, right? Like, did you go with them? Yeah, so I went with my sister, mom, pops, and that's the four of us. Oh, that's so that's so cool because actually, I have never been in Korea at the same time as my siblings. Mmm, that is wild. Dang. So, what was it like, like being there with your sister? Like, did you guys, did she feel different about it than you did? Oh, that I could not, I would not be able to tell you. I was not really close with my sister until like high school, and then we got really, really close after college. But, you know, elementary school, you're just like a dingus kid with your dingus sister who thinks that she has a dingus brother. So we didn't really like talk okay. much. Yeah. That's super interesting, though, because, yeah, it's it's I mean, that's that's so cool to like take because like we took, you know, family vacations other places. Right. Mm-hmm. But we mm-hmm. never took the family vacation like all of us together. Yeah. Um, I wonder why that's the case. Have you thought about that or have you spoken about that with your fam? I think the way that my mom sort of talks about it is she was like sort of like she wanted it to be like a one-on-one experience like with her and each of us individually. Mm. So mm. like um, she mm. was able to like go with my sister and like do so- like stuff that she would want to do with my sister. She was able to go and like do stuff that she wanted to do with my brother. And it was like sort of like a yeah, maybe it was just like something she wanted to do like kind of one-on-one type of thing. Interesting. But yeah, I think like I think and it's actually true. Um like each of her trips with with me and my siblings, she did different things and she went different places. Oh wow! That's so that's special. like kind of interesting. Like when I when she was out there with me in Korea with my dad, we went to Busan. Yeah. But like I don't think my sister went to Busan. Mm. And then um, with my brother, like she went to a lot of the palaces, but I never went to the palaces with her. Like or maybe like those with her in that same way. So it's just sort of like I think she wanted to have like individual experiences with each of us. Maybe. Got it. Wow, that's so that's so romantic. I love that actually. Yeah, no, I think it was it was like really important. She like wanted to be like she like she says it was like when we went to Korea, like she didn't want us to go as kids because she's like, I don't know if you'll understand it or I don't know if you'll remember it quite well. Mm. But like I want it to be something that like, you really remember. Mm. And so yeah, I mean like even just like taking us to meet her family and like it's it's interesting. Like I can sort of like see her like, you know see her cousins and like aunts and uncles and like just like see how much you know like they remember her and like they'll tell me stories about like what she was like as a kid or like yeah. you know she'll tell me stories about like what this person was like as a kid so it's like mm-hmm. it's 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 definitely different um, oh, that's awesome. but I, I still think it would it would be like i would definitely love to like do like a whole little family vacation out there for sure for sure for sure <laughs> Does your dad have any interest in uh, visiting Korea? Or so I'm sure he's, he's he's been he's been um, he came to visit me with my mom once. Yeah, and then he also this is crazy, but um, he did that uh, he did that scouting trip out there uh, for uh, his trip. for his work if he was going to work out there. So he went oh. all the way out to Korea to check out like you know where his company was going to have him work, like areas he might be able to live, mm-hmm. and like you know where we would go to school. All of that by himself word <laughs> so i think i mean i might be wrong and i'll have to ask him but i think he's he's been to korea maybe three or maybe even four times in his life so he, got it. I think yeah he, he enjoys it he gets out there if he can good good but yeah no like i remember like i asked him i was like like you know was i interested in going he was like yeah you seem like you would you would you'd be all good with like moving out there so <laughs> that's good all right so let, let's talk a little bit of footy because I feel like that just always brings us together. So, <laughs> why don't I just tell you about the matches that I saw at the U at the U twenties? Sure. Because this was like this was like prime like Bexumo, prime Isungu. Like yeah, this was their 
this was their coming out party in terms of like just showing the world what they can do. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, where did Remind I see me, that? Th- the group was what? Argentina, Korea, Guinea? No. It might have been Guinea. Or, it, was one of, it was one of the African countries. We got to look this up right quick. Yeah. I'm trying so to I remember. didn't see the group stage, but I saw their knockout round match. And it was it was just it was super fun. Do you see um, it saw, live or? Yeah, I saw it live. That's I was out wild. there and um, I was out there. Oh my gosh, I gotta look this up where I was at. <laughs> um, it was super fun. So I saw, what did I see? I went to my Incheon Stadium to see US play, mm-hmm. and that was just super fun because Work. like when I lived in Korea, when I was mm-hmm. working out there, I used to go to see Incheon United like on the weekends with the with the work buddies. Mm-hmm. So it was just like really nice to be back and like you know, seeing a really, like, important international match out there right. at that stadium that I knew so well. But um, I was out in Chunan to watch them play Portugal. And obviously, we got our ass handed to us a little bit. <laughs> Portugal dominated. But mm-hmm. I remember just, like, it was so fun because, like, that was, like, you know, it's, like, a small little stadium, you know? It's, like, it's probably, like, 20,000. Oh, those are like the that. best type of stadiums, I'd imagine. But it was packed. It was packed. Yes, it that's why it's packed at the stadium. And, like, we were so loud. And, like, I remember, like, the crowd around me was, like, really cute. It was, like, the, the, the crowd that I remember that was, like, the cutest thing was um, it was uh, mom and dad. And they're, like, he, he, got, he had to be, like, three. It was <laughs> had to be his first. It had to be his, like, first ever, like, footy match. He was loving nice. it. He was loving it. Like, he was decked out in, like, you know, the nice little, you know, be the red. Kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. He, he had everything. Like, he had his, like, little, you know, like like noise machine thing to do he, he loved it and that's like, awesome my seat was like originally like in between them and they couldn't sit together and i was like no no no. like you guys got to sit together as a family so we moved up and it was just it that's was so much fun that's awesome we lost through one but i remember like i was just in awe of like isungu like how he how he runs a match yeah like when he's confident he's something else yeah definitely Like, I want him to be confident again because he was just, like, you could see he was trying to do everything that he could to win that match. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, getting frustrated because he was, like, oh, man, like, I can't get into the positions I need to be in because we're we're struggling in the midfield. And he was tracking back. He was just – he was everywhere in that match. He was working really hard. So I was just – I was impressed by him. And it was just – it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm trying to actually take a look at this squad because I want to remember. It was – it, it was nothing like 2019 squad, I gotta say. I think 2019 is just like was something else in terms of like how talented that squad was. Oh, you mean like the current U23s? Like no, like the the like the U20s that went to Poland last year, like went to the final. Mm-hmm. Like that was on another level. Yeah, like they yeah. were so good. Yeah. Um, this one, like you, you kind of look back at the squad and you're like, some of them like are having like a good career now. Others are kind of struggling. But if okay. you can like kind of like just talk about some of the names that jump off the off the page like Song Bumgun like was so good at that World Cup mm-hmm. like in the Song four Bum-Gun. matches he got to play he was just huge for the team mm-hmm. and that was like a really big moment for him yes yeah, obviously like you see Isungu Peksumo played so great in the group stage mm-hmm. um, and then like the one player that like still always sticks out to me that I love so much that like really had his like coming out party at that 2017 U20 World Cup was Joyomuk. Oh yeah, who now that's plays right. for like FC Seoul. That's right. And he came to that U20 World Cup as like a you know a freshman college student, and no one was like like what like they were like why is Shin Taeyong picking this guy? And then he ends up like you know putting himself everywhere, grabs a goal here and there, and he was just like, he's one of the players like that I think is of as like, this kid, like he will do anything it takes to win. <laughs> Yeah, and I love that type of player. Yeah. Choi Wook was a lot of fun to watch in the last U20 World Cup. As Oh, no. Who was the one that scored the goal off of Yi Kang Yin's, like, ridiculous through ball in extra time? No, that was him. That was, that him, was him, right? Bro. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I remember Choi Wook being, like, incredibly dynamic, and I totally forgot that he was in this last group. Uh, he was in the, the last U20 World Cup with Shintai. Yeah, dude, he's he's been he's been to two U twenty World Cups and been great at both of them. I think he you know he's a star in the making for me. Um, mm. So this is like kind of a question that like I I kind of like want to like ask you about the Korean national team. Like, what's up? As a kid or like even now, like is there a player that like you kind of see yourself in, like the way that you play, 
the way that I play, oh, yeah. it's more like, who am I trying to emulate? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So like, like, think about that. Like, tell me like, because I have like an idea of like a player that I really like that I'm like, I was thinking about this this morning, like huh. a player that like, I think about like the way I, I play and like, I'd like to play like him. Hmm. Well, that's funny that you bring that up because I've been playing so much footy, more footy this year because of Corona than I have like ever in my life. Like that's that one thing that helps me stay sane, just like running and you know, pretending that the world is all right for 90 minutes. But yeah, I don't know. I would say I've always, I've learned that this year I'm the type of player that will do what's best for the team. And by that, I mean that like, if you need me in midfield, I'll play midfield. If you need me back, I'll play back. I can't finish for my life, which is probably in line no, with- can I see those on Twitter, bro. I see those glasses <laughs> on Twitter, Yo, bro. you saw one banger out of <laughs> how many tries, yo, that's the real <laughs> thing, you know? But no, I mean, um, it's funny because I always joke about how my finishing is like how Korean football finishing is like, but now I can't say that with joy, mind because we have Sun Min who's absolutely tearing it up world-class shout outs um but if I think about the Korean players I try to emulate like definitely Ki Sung Young like distributing is a big thing um I'm watching a lot of like amateur Koreans play with like the webcam on their foreheads type of deal and I noticed that like a lot of amateurs seem to move in the whole pass and go way like no one's really quick with their feet no one's trying to like beat their man on the regular some like flair if you will and that's very similar to me because i try to find the best passing avenue and i try to find like i just try to find space between lines so i don't know i guess players that are more pass oriented one is another i mean that's another reason why i'm interested in seeing how one develops because we've long since needed someone in the midfield to do something like that for us huang Bum, um i don't watch enough of to see if i play like him but technically he's just like on a whole nother level but i like that i like that role i like the number six role you know like the hockey assist type of player the guy that can transition play between uh, defense to offense um, I guess that's why it's called a midfielder but no I mean yeah central midfield play I really really like center back play with decent ball distribution I like I want to be as boss as Kim Minje but uh, my slide tackling is sometimes either perfect or Sergio Ramos-esque bro like just incredibly I thought it was a good tackle, and I know it's a strong tackle, but I definitely did not mean to get, like, my cleats <laughs> on your ankle as well. You know what I mean? So I've okay. been reframing from that, and, yeah, I don't know. This is such a long-winded long answer because the wheels are turning. There's no definitive in regards to, like, what type of Korean footballer I try to emulate when I play. All right, so for me, the guy that I was thinking about you mentioned was um, I, I think about, like, I mean, I don't play footy a lot because – the fact of the matter is, like, when I was growing up, like, I was a golf boy. Oh, like, true. I, I, I hung out with my dad at the golf course, like, way, 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 way more than I ever was on the footy pitch. Got it. My brother, my older brother is the, is the you know, center back defender. That, like, you know, <laughs> got it, got was, it, was yeah. playing a lot. <laughs> but um, whenever I watch Wang Yin Bum, like, just the way he, like, is always running, trying to help the team, like, just... He always wants to, like, if he's lost the ball or if his team's lost the ball, he's trying to get it back. Mm -hmm. I like that type of attitude. For sure. And then whenever I hear him, like, now that, like, he's at Ruben Kazan, like, he's using his English a little bit more, I just see, like, his, um, his, he's kind of, like, very um, quiet and thoughtful and, like, you know, takes his time speaking. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I was, like, you know, getting interviewed by someone, like, I would be that exact same way. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of vibe with Huang Inbam a lot. Got it. I just like the type of personality he is. He's kind of short. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of, he looks like kind of a shy dude, but he seems like a good guy. So yeah. and I, he can I definitely ball. vibe with him. And he can ball, man. He really can. I, I mean, I'm glad he's he's recovered from the from COVID. I'm, I'm glad he's feeling be much better. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we could have used him in that match against Mexico could have used him against Qatar for sure for sure for sure and I don't know I'm just so 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 happy that he's out of Vancouver man like I yeah I almost for him. yeah I almost uh I don't want to say give up per se because that's so dramatic but I was prepared 
in having Hwang Inbom being like another talented Korean player that just uh like plateaus out because I don't know, I didn't like the whole I didn't rate the MLS move for him. I think he ought to just stay in Korea if he was gonna move to the States. But what's done is done. He's in Russia, he's playing well, and yeah, he he's he's on the pitch where Korea beat Germany, right? That's Ruben Kazan's home ground. So go on, Hwang Inbom. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm I'm so happy for him. I think if we think about if we think back to his like time in Vancouver, we just have to remember like, you know, he's he's got a little memento with him always. Um his dog's name is Coover. <laughs> and his dog's a cutie. Yeah, his um, dog I remember his dog the little has white, like a, yeah. a little like um, you know, he's got like a little I think I think he's a Pomeranian. So I'll he's take a cute your white dog, like yeah. something like that. He's cute. He got a little Instagram if you want to peep that Instagram. True. Um, but yeah, no, I think like Hwang Inbum, you know, he, I feel like he, he's going to be like, you know, our number eight of the future. He's going to be like in our midfield for a long time. Yeah. Hwang Inbom is here to stay for sure. I wonder about Peck Sung-ho's development because I feel like Peck Sung-ho may be a similar player to Hwang Inbom in the sense of like working as a six or working to get, working to release the ball to get like the final ball in, you know. But as far as I'm concerned, that's still Hwang Inbom's position for sure. I would love to see Hwang Inbom, Lee Kangin, and Won Duje work. I think that would yeah, just be a delicious, like, yeah, a delicious trio of just like constantly recycling possession and, and finding space um, to send players through. But uh, yeah, I, f- I keep going on these tangents and I keep forgetting what my point was going to be. What were, we ta- what were we talking about before I started talking? I don't think we necessarily had a point. We were okay. just sort of talking about the midfield, bro. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's how I'm looking forward to in the midfield. <laughs> you don't got to make a point every time. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I swear to God, I started this because I wanted to say something. and then <laughs> That happens to you a lot, bro? Yeah, it happens to me way too much, dude. It's bad. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. All right. Um, I got a couple more questions before we, before we wrap that yeah, I feel like will, are going to be really fun. Um. So when you're a kid, mm-hmm. like let's, I mean, we, me and Ben had talked about this uh, when we recorded together. And I just wanted to ask you, like, when you were a kid, like, what kind of like role models, like whether it was like, you know, Korean entertainment celebrities or like even American celebrities, like what kind of role models did you have? Like where you could see like, okay, that guy's Asian, like that guy looks like me. Yeah, like, dude. Who are, you, who are you looking at? So that's the thing. I didn't really have many Asian role models growing up, like being from Miami I had nobody like in a literal physical sphere for me to be like, oh, this guy looks just like me or, oh, this guy is cool because like he gives off a similar energy that I do with his like black hair and like, I don't know, Asian looking face or whatever the hell. Like, I think, um, if, I think finding an affinity based upon someone's ethnicity wasn't something that I necessarily garnered until post-college because I was just in a world so absent of East Asian folks. And that's what made the 2002 World Cup so captivating because that's when I realized that like, you know, like, I don't know, it's, it's silly to say, but it almost feels like Asians exist, you know, like, despite how controversial the 2002 World Cup was, yeah, I get it. Spain got robbed. Italy did not get robbed, though. Suck my dick. Sorry. And Portugal deserved their two red cards. So, again, I'm not hearing it. But to see Korea finish in a semifinal place in the World Cup, it was just like, oh, dang. Like, these are the big boys playing, right? I don't know a thing about football, but I know I know a thing or two about the World Cup. Like, I know that Brazil's all over that. So, to see Korea... Um, within that sphere, it like kind of like made me acknowledge or yeah, kind of made kind of awakened me to an element of my personality or an element of my self that I never really got to look into in Miami. And off that note, I guess Yoonje was definitely um, a role model for me when I started playing footy because he was a goalkeeper. He stopped Joaquin's. Uh, oh yeah, you were saying like you were you were you were a goalkeeper. Yeah, and I started as a goalkeeper 
I started as a goalkeeper and even though I was playing like hot garbage and learning how to play like yo Yoonjae got Korean to the semifinals by stopping a Spain penalty you know what I mean if this guy got Korean to the semifinals I can play for middle school soccer like get the hell out of here you know and sure enough that worked out and I don't know I feel like also watching a lot of anime was what filled the void for me like seeing people who look somewhat similar to me on screen i know they're cartoons and i know it's hilarious to think about but that just comes to show how desolate uh my world was in miami when it came to looking at east asian role models yo okay let's do a little like fighting strike podcast network plug okay um Go for it. Uh, have you been listening to Cabbage Court podcast? I have not yet, but it's all on my shortlist. All these podcasts are on my shortlist. I just have not had Wait, so time. did you watch Avatar? No, actually. <laughs> okay, so this is so funny. Like, I think that this is really interesting, but um, when I think about the anime that I watched when I was a kid, like, I never got, like, super into the mangas. I never got into the comics like you were, like, when you're, like, I, like, love what you were talking about. Like, oh, I was in Dig, like, going to, the, like, the manga show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff, right? Yeah. I wasn't like that, but I remember... I was a big fan of obviously. I love Pokemon. I, I like we we all watched the show on Saturday mornings. Yes, we had the Game Boy games. We had the trading cards. All of that. Yes. And then when Avatar was on Nickelodeon, like that was a big deal in like my Asian friend group. Like we watched those really? episodes. We were talking about them at school, and we really loved that show. Interesting. And was it just was it just organic, or was there like some anime head in your group that was like, "Yo, you guys kind of." Excuse me. You guys got your I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, like, you know, um, if, I, if I give a shout out to one of my friends, I got to say, like, Kevin Lai was the guy that was, like, telling me to, to, like, start watching the show and, like, our friend group got into it. But nice. honestly, like, the thing that's, like, so so cool about that show and, like, the reason why, like, I'm really happy, like, you know, Christian and, and Josh are doing the Cabbage Court podcast is, like, mm-hmm. It's an anime type show, but like you know, the showrunners were were just these white guys that like were really interested in like you know the culture. Mm-hmm. So they like really did their best to like you know make a, a decent representation of like true Asian culture, like whatever whether it's like anime, whether it's the martial arts, like the bending that you see, like it's influenced by like you know the different martial arts of Asia. Oh yeah, so that's it's right. Very that's cool. Right. Yeah, and then obviously like the names, right? <laughs> like that's kind of cool too, right? Like. Yeah hearing like characters on an american tv show that like their name is like Sokka mm-hmm. or like uncle iroh right like zuko right like you're like these are like names where you're like oh th- those are not english names like those are asian names i hear so you So you just like kind of felt really cool um yeah no it's a good so point. like i mean definitely like you know that's on netflix now and i feel like you know if you if you're a big anime fan you might really like it avatar yeah I, I mean so many of my friends have been telling me to give avatar a go and i've been it's just like one of those things i mean to but i also can't be asked and like um fun fact did you know that the fighting scenes from avatar were inspired by uh samurai shampoo i did not know this yeah so like a lot of the animations from samurai shampoo like it's like accurate sword fighting because it's not all like yeah 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 it's a lot of like duck and weave and let yeah. the oceans take you and i think i respect avatar i respect the hell out of avatar because the developers clearly you know did their homework with the martial arts and clearly were dipping into the right references when building out the animations and like you said about the names and the backgrounds and the folklore like it's all very rich according to the fan base so i'm all for it yeah i yeah. mean honestly like I was so like I was really excited when it came to Netflix like this summer during the pandemic, True. and it just really, really like you know took me on the memory lane because I like I like got to episode like I watched in in high school or like middle school, mm-hmm. and I was like remember like oh like, I remember like when we were talking about this episode like at school afterwards like yeah, because word. this was a big one, <laughs> so um, yeah like I've got my episode picked out that like I'm I'm trying to make sure that like Josh and, and Christian get me on there, but mm-hmm. overall like yeah like. I think like you know if you're a big anime like manga type of guy you, you you're gonna really like Avatar. Yeah, I mean I'll definitely have to give it a go. I've been meaning to rewatch uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and uh, Princess Mononoke, actually. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, okay. You you so... set us down a perfect place to end on like the last thing that we talk about. Um, All right. <laughs> I was a huge Hayao Miyazaki fan. Hell yeah. So Hell yeah. if I I wasn't like you know watching the anime series or anything like that, but. 
every time Hayao Miyazaki was like coming out with a, a new movie, like I was wanting to watch that. Yes. So I got to ask you, mm. what's your favorite Miyazaki film? Princess Mononoke. Next question. Like point blank, hands down, bar none, Princess Mononoke. Like I have so many memories with that flick. Like I first, okay, first of all, I didn't even know that the movie, I didn't even know the movie as Princess Mononoke. I got a VCR copy of it from um, an employee of my father's who yeah who ripped it who ripped a japanese um dub but had english subs on a cassette tape and i i think that time was like 1999 or 2000 yeah but dude i i um i violated that videotape bro i went back and forth back and forth back and forth i would rewatch like snippets like when san is fighting lady yuboshi and ashitaka comes in with his uh cursed arm and stuff like that i reach i rewatched the hell out of that clip i love the romance between san and ashitaka when i was young like when he tries to rescue her and he has a she has a knife to his throat and he calls her beautiful i ate that up you know like <laughs> ashitaka was so cool like you want to talk about role models like he he was the one that looked closest to me like um was a sword fighting noble cared about other people and i was like that's who i want to be when i grow up that guy is so cool i want to i want to grow up to be like him and then that's when i started to grow up my long hair and all that stuff man so hayao miyazaki absolutely and princess Mononoke, no doubt one of the best flicks out there what about you though <laughs> for me um i'm kind of i'm, I'm torn right now like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually like at the Studio Ghibli wiki, like trying to make sure like I make the right choice, <laughs> just like remembering my options. Like there is no wrong choice. about it. Um, ooh, this is a rough one, but I might have to go with Howl's Moving Castle. Mm. I remember I saw that one in the theaters, and I just I thought that was so fun. Like yeah, ooh yeah, I, I really like that one because like you know. Yeah, Howl and his like crazy moving castle, like the witch that's like you know there. Oh, there's it, a lot in there, and I yeah. gotta say like, HBO Max got access to the Studio Ghibli catalog, so like just recently I I just I was like you know kind of bored. I, I watched Ponyo again, and that one held up, so I might mm-hmm. go back and watch Howl's Moving Castle again. But interesting. Remembering like watching that one in the theater, I was like, yeah, this is a great movie. I loved it. Yeah, Howl must be a great movie to watch in the theaters because like. When you see inside of the moving castle, it's all so claustrophobic, but everything is moving and it's all lovely to see. And all the gears and the scenery, even when you see like a wide of the moving castle, like, yeah, Hayao Miyazaki is a magician, bro. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, I mean, you could, I mean, even like, oh, that man. Just uh, just one last plug of like just people that we've talked to that like have given us some really good movie recommendations. Um, yeah. Chris from Plan A Mag, mm. and you know, the Escape from Plan A Pod. Uh, he Shout was telling us about this movie, like one of the earliest, earliest, earliest um, Studio Ghibli ones. Let me see if I can find what it's called. It's uh, oh man, Whisper of the Heart. Whisper. I really love that movie. It was a great one. Whoa! It was a great one, Whisper of the Heart. Uh, it's not. It's not Miyazaki himself. He wrote the screenplay, but the director mm-hmm. is Yoshifumi Kondo. And if you know Chris Lee from Plan A Mac, he used to go by Oxford Kondo. Oh yeah, and that's where the Kondo came from. Copy. So yeah, dude, you gotta watch that one because man, he was recommending it. I was like, that's a delightful film. It was Word. very good. Yo, shout out to Chris. Gonna definitely put this on my short list. Gonna have to check Yo, this yeah. out. Honestly, like, you know, HBO Max has been coming through huge with uh, the content they got. And uh, getting that Studio Ghibli catalog for me was just huge. <laughs> I'm definitely going to, you know, go back and watch a lot of them. Yeah, man. So You got it. <laughs> I mean, we talked about a lot, but I mean, I'm just so glad we did this because I think like hearing about like you talking about like your trip to Korea as a kid is just like so different from the reminiscing that like I have when I think about it because my mindset was different, right? For sure. I was going there to study. I was going there to work a little bit, but you're going there for a vacation. Mm-hmm. So it was like totally different. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of feel bad because I don't remember much about it given it was a while ago, but I do wish, oh, I do wish that I remembered more so that 
I don't know. It gives me. I don't know. I just I just wish I remember more. I guess we could leave it at that. <laughs> okay, I think the last thing that we should sort of end off with, with, like, you wish you could remember more, but what are you gonna do next time you go there? What what's on your bucket list? What are some things you want to do? Oh my! Because I can God. give you a couple I want to do. Oh my God! I wanna. I want to see Korean honeys, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be out there, bro. I want to be sitting on my soju. I want to be chatting, bro. I want to see what's good with the Korean girls, bro. <laughs> nah, I'm, I playing, love it, bro. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. I mean, no, I'm not playing because definitely it would be cool. But also, there's like so much more I want to see, man. I want to be able to like go back to Kapyong and have a proper conversation with my family, you know, like... I wouldn't mind teaching even because I started my professional life in this country as a teacher. So might as well take that to Korea and see what that English flavor translates over as in a Korean classroom. And then also, I would love to just get more involved in the Korean football scene, like be it domestic or for DFA or whatever the hell. Like I had one dream, which I think Hong Myung-bo is already doing beautifully. Um, or Kuja Chul, but it would be really sick if I could work with like the Korean football, like not community, but the Korean football organization, so that there's more contact between like grassroots football and actual professional football teams. Like it's really, really cool how there's five leagues in the Korean football triangle right now. And I just hope to see. Uh, more development on that front and i just hope to see more like talents from i don't know like a f- like a fishing community in busan or like the countryside in kapyong like if folks there can ball i hope that korea grows the resources to recognize those type of players and get them into a team where they can develop and considering my skill set which has nothing to do on the pitch or nothing to do with connections i think that that would be something to get involved in which excites me but this is all down the line after I learn how to speak Hangul for starters. So, <laughs> so your so your next big goal is to start, you know, getting on that study and sort of Facts. practicing a bit. Facts. Right. My next big goal is able to communicate with Koreans fluently, bro. And then we'll see what happens. Okay. But what about you? Okay. So, first of all, um, I have been to Daegu once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went there like for just like a weekend to see one of my college friends. Like a, he had a cousin that lived out there, mm-hmm. so I, I saw them for a bit. But um, I've never been to their new stadium. That nice little. Like, I do want to see that new stadium. They're like what thirty yeah, thousand. Really good things. So like that's definitely like on my list for like next time I'm out there. Like I, I want to make sure the K League's in season. Oh yeah. I want to make sure I get tickets and get out there. Yeah, I definitely want to so see that's the one thing on my list. Um, let me think. There's, I mean, there's, there's a couple places that I want to go, but, um, I mean, I'm a big golfer, right? And I think, um, yeah, like sometimes I just like see like you know like, you know like places like Golf Digest or like Golfing World or whatever. Like I see that there's like some nice Korean courses. Mm. Um, so I've been once with like my uncle. Um, it was, just, it's just a totally different world in terms of, like how golf works there. So I'd like to like you know golf a bit more when I'm out there next time. Sure. I feel like those are the two. And then, um, yeah, I mean, uh, my my cousin out there, he's uh, he's getting towards college age, so yeah. I mean, I want to, you know, you got to tour the campus with him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Where is he going to college, or what's he thinking about? Man, you know that kid. Um, he he's got a lot of different ambitions. <laughs> he had it. wanted to study in the states at one point in his life. Now he's thinking about maybe law. Hmm. So I mean, you know, I mean, next time I talk to him, maybe he's gonna be thinking about medicine. You know? I see. So we'll see where he ends up at. Um, I know he's he's got to be now. Yeah, he's got to be like maybe second, third year in, in, in high school. So he's he's getting to, it, to he's that getting point. It. So I think next time I'm out there, I'm going to be touring the campus with him. And you know, who knows? He might be going to my you know Korean college that that I, that I was out there at. So Word. I was at Yonsei. Mm, uh, it's okay. like if you know where Hongdae is, it's like in that neighborhood. Gotcha. Gotcha. in that like happening artsy neighborhood it was nice so we'll see if he's there but those are like the three definitely want to see Daegu FC's new stadium mm-hmm. maybe play a little bit more golf and then um yeah just be able to see you know see the cousin at college yeah that's a good uh that's a good three-step plan for starters bro all right man 
I think, I mean, this was so much fun. I'm just like, I'm glad that we got to talk about your trip to Korea because honestly, Ben and I, we were missing you on that pod. We were like, oh, we got to know, like, what was his trip like? We got to hear those, <laughs> those Kevin Kim travels in Korea. So Dang. we're oh. just glad you got to share the stories with us. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, guys, just thanks for, so much for listening. And we're, we're going to see you guys next time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, thanks again for just hearing me out. And hopefully this was entertaining enough, even though I was revisiting 17 years down memory lane. But yeah, this was fun. We definitely got to do this again. So, Yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.